Welcome to Through Triple Eyes. I'm your host, Triple A, and this is the world as I see it. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening in again and for helping me welcome in the new season last week. I hope you are all safe and healthy as I am. Y'all, seriously, this past week, again, sitting back watching all the coronavirus infection rates go up in different countries, y'all... I need a martini or two or three. I don't even know. And, you know, starting to self-quarantine and as much as I can, because I'm still working, it's just scary. But I really, really am praying that everyone's doing well. But now that I've had a lot of time to myself for a change, because for the past two years, I haven't had much time for myself. So now that I've got a lot of time to sit back and think... I started realizing I could be doing a little bit of housekeeping during this uh, time. Got a lot of work to do around my, my home, get things in order, get rid of stuff I don't need. And as I was thinking about it, you know how sometimes you got stuff to do and it just seems like it is a big chore. You don't even know where to start. And I thought, you know, this would be a perfect time to call in the troops. And by calling in the troops, I have one person in particular I had to reach out to. And her name is Shalina Jokia. Shalina and I go way back now, about it's a few years now. And um, I can't think of exactly how many years, but it's a few years. I want to say 2014. So we got a few years under our belt now. Um, <laughs> I met her at um, a business networking event uh, and we kind of became networking buddies. You know, we would go to different events and sort of maneuver around the room, talk to the people we needed to talk to, run away from the people we need to run away from because y'all networking events can get sketchy. Um, so you always need like a wing person with you. And I think Shalina and I were good wing persons for each other. <laughs> but the reason why I wanted to talk to Shalina is because she has a business in organizing, which I think is phenomenal because I don't know about you, but Lord, I sure could use an organizer right about now. And I know she's going to scold me, but oh well. I had to call her in to talk to us about decluttering, especially now that we have a bit more time on our hands. So without further ado, here's our conversation. everyone. I am back with Shalina Jokia of Declutter Me. Hi, Shalina. Hi, Anita. How are you? I am fabulous. How are you? Hi, I'm not bad. <laughs> so, well, welcome to Through Triple Eyes. Thank you so, for having me for this. <laughs> we're, we're really happy to have you on today. 
And so, Shalina, please tell us, where is home for you? So, home for the last 14 years has been Dubai. So, I'm currently talking to you from a very rainy, unusually rainy day today in Dubai. Which is very rare, exactly. We get about two or three of those a year there. Yeah, it is so rare, but I think they seeded the clouds again. That's why we got rain. Ah, but, uh, okay. But my original home is the UK, Kent in England, just on, underneath London. So. And what's your background? I like to get a base for where people are, um, what their cultural influences are. Um, oh, the question that they always ask here. So all of my parents <laughs> are Indian, but one of them was born in Uganda, then moved to India to get married and then persuaded her husband to move to Uganda. Uh, and then my mum was born in Uganda. Um, and the other two grandparents moved to Kenya and okay. lots of kids. And one of them was my father. So we're East African Indians, but then they also were British even when they were in India. So we have got, so my parents moved to uh, the UK when they were 19 and 21 respectively. Mm-hmm. So I was born and brought up in the UK. So yeah, very, very British, as I like to point out to dad. <laughs> yes, that is very British. <laughs> he keeps going on about his Kenyan and I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. Um, he lived in England for more than more of his life than he's lived anywhere else. But um, but yeah, but we still have the East African flavor in us. So yes, that's that's the background. Do you speak any Swahili? I know a few words, uh, like saying Fanta Moja Burudi, which is one Fanta cold. Uh, <laughs> and I know some words because, funnily enough, a lot of the words are mixed with Arabic. So they say the same words right. in Arabic. I hear the words sometimes here in Dubai and I go, oh, we say the same. And of course it's not. It's just that it's Swahili is merged into our Indian language. And of course, it's uh, some Arabic words. So it's I'm a bit of a mix. So, yeah. No, <laughs> no I, that, that's how I felt when I moved to Ghana. I was like, OK. I thought I knew some tree, but apparently I know nothing. So I had to start fresh. But I think I'm I'm getting there. I can't I can't have a full on conversation yet, but people seem to understand me now. <laughs> you seem to be talking about you were talking right when I came to visit you. Just, yeah, but you know when I when I speak, people they have that smirk on their face because it was the wrong tense, and you know, or they try to finish my sentences for me because they know I'll never remember the vocabulary. Yeah. <laughs> or, or they're just laughing at your accent and stuff. I have the same. That's, you know. Yes, that's that's, that's normal. Yeah, it's the same with me talking in our Indian language is um, a spoken language. It's Kutchi. And when mm-hmm. I speak, it's so terrible that my cousins and friends will just laugh at me. But my parents understand what I say and friends understand. So that's all that matters. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We are able to communicate. That's all. Exactly. And, and, and when it comes to buying stuff, I'm sorry. People, money is universal. They will find a way to take your money. Doesn't exactly. matter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Shalina, so... You have an interesting um, professional background as well. You were a corporate lawyer? Yes. Is that the right? I, yes. yes. And for I, how many years? So I did it long-winded route. So I was an in-house corporate lawyer. Um, and from the moment I left university, I worked in-house as a lawyer. First as an mm-hmm. 
contracts administrator, then a legal assistant, then a legal executive, which is um, a postgraduate diploma. Then I finally became a solicitor. Um, and one year out of, I think, 13 years I was a lawyer, I worked for a law firm. And that was mm-hmm. all I could do. But the rest of the time I worked for companies. So I worked for a Bertelsmann-owned company in the UK for nearly five years. Then I moved to Dubai to Emirates, then Dubai Holding, then the law firm, and then finally an uh, Indian company for the last few years. Um, and then I couldn't take it anymore and decided to quit that life to start my own business. So, um, yeah. Okay. What was that breaking point for you, though, when you decided, I need to work for myself? Um, for me, it was uh, it was a mixture of things. It was the company I was working for, the the behavior, the the, the office um, culture. Yeah, the office the culture. Office culture. Yeah, and I mean, I was the highest ranking woman at the time. Um, with it was like ninety in the office in Dubai, it was ninety percent of men, and the rest were women, and it was very difficult. Um, and I survived. I mean, I did it, but it just got to the point where my health, mentally and physically, was deteriorating. I just, I wasn't seeing the sunlight. I was just working such long hours. I was just miserable. Um, the money was great, and I missed the money, but the the lifestyle was horrific. Um, and then, yeah, at one point they got rid of my boss, who was a CFO, um, for no reason justifiable reason so my colleague and I who worked under him both decided to quit on the same day and that was it yeah it was I mean I think it's a lot of people have this you know there's a point where you you work in an office and you do so much work for the company and you get nothing in return except for abuse and it that's what happened to us I mean it before I quit like so I quit in October 2013 but in March 2013 I started Googling about, I I had one breaking point day and I just went, forget this, I'm not working today. So I just Googled about being an organizer because that's what I drank for years and years and years. Yeah, I wasted a whole day just researching um, like a proper lawyer, but (laughs) 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 everything you need to know about being an organizer in a day. Um, And then I talked to my dad and to my brother about setting it up as a business and they were like, yeah try if you fail you can always go back to being a lawyer exactly yeah the the typical response Uh, because they're corporate so they were corporate as well they're both bankers so they were like we were all from a corporate background and it was my dad was like we're not business people we don't know how to run a business i was like yeah but we'll figure it out set up the web social media set up and no first somebody helped i had friends on social media help me with the name of the company then someone created the logo and so then i did social media and the website and then months later i set up the company and then in october i resigned and then i started doing my business to declutter me. that was it so now i want to take you back to that moment when you put in your resignation letter did you mm-hmm. feel like oh my god yes 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 or did you think, oh my God, I'm so scared. What am I? What have I done? Um, it was actually neither. It was weird. Okay. It was there was relief, mm-hmm. but it was. Um, I remember they. Had, yeah, it was so toxic in that that office. It was it was so awful that I didn't expect a fanfare, and I wasn't happy because I was just so drained. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember they had a new finance guy who was my, supposed to be my boss but he never talked to me and 
He was terrible, terrible. And he, I gave him, I, no, I gave the resignation letter to the HR guy who was not a nice person either. He gave it to the CFO. The CFO went and called one of my friends to offer oh, him my job. Instead of talking to me first, he went and called wow. a friend of mine to see if he wanted my job. And so that was the kind of point where I went, well, that was a good idea, I quit, wasn't it? So, <laughs> that, yeah, that's how toxic. Yeah, that. Yeah, it was really, but it was just like muted. And I, you know, it, and it was that kind of environment that I had to, they wanted to know what I was up to and because I wasn't saying I was going somewhere else. And it was very horrible and political. So I had to just keep quiet for a few more weeks until I finally left the office and then I could do my thing and start my business properly. Now, do you feel like if, let's say, that last job, corporate job was, you know, if everything was going well or decently as much as corporate jobs can, would would you have ever made the leap into organizing or you think you would still be there right now? Oh, I don't know. Um, I don't know, to be honest. Because hmm. I had a good, <laughs> I a good salary. Um, <laughs> I think maybe there would have been a point where I would have said, maybe started like this, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't Mm. Yeah, I ask only because I find sometimes, and I, it's definitely true in my life, mm. uh, when we need a change and we don't make it, it's like the universe kind of conspires and makes things as bad as possible so that we're just like, okay, damn it, I know, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, and I'm going to get it done. So, uh, but I, I mean, my friend and I thought about doing this kind of business, organizing people uh, when I was in London. So I left... 2005 so around 2002 2003 we were talking about or even 2004 so for those years you know we'd go up for lunch walk up the high street and we would talk about it because we both would you know it would be every so often we talk about it. so mm. it big head so and i don't know how it came back into my head um like eight years later or something but right it um and it wasn't a thing still it wasn't a cool thing you know to do it was no one was doing it here. It, it was a right. big thing in the UK and USA, but only when I researched I found that. But it wasn't this thing that it is now that it's, you know, everybody talks about clutter and about organizing, mm-hmm. getting boxes and stuff. There wasn't any of that when I started. So I don't know if I would, maybe I would have, if I'd seen how cool it became. But yeah, I don't know, it's, that's great. Now, I think it's a good segue to talk about decluttering in the easiest way possible what is it decluttering is getting rid of things that you don't need in your life don't fit into the space that you have um is junk or is anything unfinished that's the way i describe it so like it's mostly you know if you think about your wardrobe it's things that you don't wear don't fit Mm -hmm. into you don't like it's Mm -hmm. just it's broken it's torn it's been burnt by your maids you know <laughs> that's a Dubai that's a Dubai issue <laughs> I hate to talk about Marie Kondo because I'm not a fan but she talks about if it doesn't give you joy get rid of it and it's for me right. it doesn't work but it's it's anything that doesn't make you happy in your life yeah it's things that we need in our life um well you know that we don't need in our lives that's what clutter is and so decluttering is getting rid of that stuff from your life so you don't feel overwhelmed and frustrated and stressed because of the stuff that you have in your life now how aware okay i i will admit right now 
that I personally keep Shalina out of my bedroom because it <laughs> it, it it is a you know it it is an organizer's hell and <laughs> but okay I'm aware I need help I'm at the stage where I work so much that it's a miracle that I get my laundry done you know and but then it becomes that other hell where I've done my laundry now I need to find time to iron it because I refuse to have things that are not ironed you know it's still that process of finding time so I'm aware I need it how would somebody else realize that they need help um it's different for different people and um there is a psychological element to people having clutter for most people there are some people that just have too much money and nothing else to do and just buy stuff there is that element of people that i deal with but for a lot of people there is something underlying underneath that so it's realizing that they've got this underlying issue which is what happens sometimes or it's just seeing the clutter and that breaks people and they realize they need to get that sorted and then that clears up what other other elements are causing them frustration at the time um so yeah with a lot of people say i mean i do a lot of wardrobes that's why i talk about them a lot and bedrooms but people wake up and they keep on seeing the clutter say on the floor on their bed mm-hmm. they can't find anything in their wardrobe you know um they keep on wearing the same clothes and they get frustrated and upset and that's the breaking point that they can't take it anymore wearing the same clothes and they they can't find what they want because they can't see it um so yeah that's 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 okay. one of the major breaking points i that i think i'm there i'm as you were saying that i'm like that sounds like me yes i know i have a lot of clothes but i just every morning i'm just like no no and then i put on something that i'm like i i'm so dissatisfied with what i'm wearing and i know i have something better but can i locate it no <laughs> and the thing is if you're saying that you want things ironed my sobdy you got so many things so that even if you do iron it and put it into a wardrobe it gets creased and then you get annoyed exactly so there's that so it's if you remove a lot of the things that you don't like don't wear don't fit into your free up space to have clothes hanging or folded up that you can see and are not creased so that's mm-hmm. what you want to aim for is just getting to that point um, okay yeah now how do i now and i'll i'll speak for myself but how do i remove emotional attachment to random stuff i used to keep so Before I moved to Ghana, I had a box and in this box was every love letter I ever received since I was a teenager. And I know it sounds it sounds cute for a minute, but then when you start to think about it it's like do I even need to remember these boys, you know? <laughs> and and then I used to think further. I'm like, what if I passed away? Do I want my husband to be going through? This? <laughs> well, that's so I find Yeah, that's a different uh, that's called Swedish death cleaning. You want to do that before you die. But that will oh. be another day. Yes. There's a whole element of that. Yes. A Swedish death clean. Yeah, so Swedish death so the Swedes and the Scandinavians uh they're very into this thing. The parent the elders don't want their kids to have to deal with their stuff when they mm-hmm. have so they've got this thing of clearing their clutter um as they get older to okay. and, hearing these letters and stuff like that or passing them on if they're historical or if they got 
you know, if there's reason to keep them, they'll pass mm-hmm. it to the, the next generation so okay. that fighting on afterwards about this stuff and they don't have to deal with things or find things that they shouldn't have found about their parents. So oh. the whole concept, yeah. It's become a global thing. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, then I, I would say before I moved to Ghana, I did the Swedish death clean and I chucked that box out. <laughs> <laughs> but now now I have a I have an old diary I probably need to chuck out too. Um <laughs> Yeah. So for those things though, I I always say people should have a memory box. Have a box full of things that remind you know, not too big, but you know, you can get nice cardboard boxes or something. Um, and put memories in there, but go through it every so often. So as you did with these old love letters, I did it um, with uh, my memory box and I had cards, birthday cards and farewell cards and stuff like that from over the years. And I went through it and I didn't even know who the people were that had written the cards. So anything that wasn't from family or very close friends that I'm still friends with, I got rid of them the others because I was like I don't know who these people are like nobody else will know so why would I keep it you know what I mean um so yeah so that's the emotional so you think it's hard to you're emotionally attached to stuff but more you once you start decluttering you will actually get into it and want to get rid of more I always find with um with clients uh they get into the swing of it so um they lose that attachment. So what is a good starting point? Um, so I always talk about mini decluttering, which is spend 15 to 20 minutes doing a small section of whatever area is causing you the most pain. So for you, what's causing you the most pain right now? Your bedroom, right? Yes. So what I would suggest, do you know 15 minutes or say one shelf or one drawer mm-hmm. and then the next one and the next one and do it like you know once a day don't do it all you know and all you do is just see what you want to keep donate or throw away and just do that and then the ones you want to keep just fold it again or hang it up and put that back and take everything else and fill it up into a bag like a big bag uh you know you get those big woven yeah yeah bags, put them all in there when that's full then go give it for excuse me then go give it for donation so do that in every section and if you do that like every day or even every other day just 15 20 minutes don't spend too much time you will start to see um progress you'll start to see less clutter in your in your room and that's for anywhere so you could do that in your kitchen cupboard so do one cupboard a day and just see do you is the food expired say if you do Mm -hmm. your kitchen uh, you know, um, has food expired? Do you use that crockery? Is it broken? Does it match? You know, have you got other people's plates for some reason because somebody gave something and you should give yeah. that plate? You know, and then on in your living room, look at your dining table or you know, or in your coffee table while you're watching TV, you can do your coffee table. It's the easiest thing to do. You know, that's very true. That's that's really true. And when do you know? Okay, this is I'll. It'll sound a little silly, but how many pairs of t-shirts and tights do I really, really need? Because, <laughs> no, no, you know what I mean. <laughs> it's different for different people. And like, you know, there's people, there's the minimalists who say that you're supposed to have 30 items in total 
in your what? life. Yeah, How yeah. dare they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I am just looking right now at my bookshelf and I've got more than 30 books. And I've decluttered a lot of books over the time. I, you know, I, w- I always put messages up giving away books. Um, mm-hmm. Clothes, I've got more. I mean, just my flip-flops, which you know I've got a thing about. I've got more than 20 pairs because it's my thing. Everybody has their thing. So yeah. my thing is Haviana flip-flops. Other people have foundation or I had someone who had lots of cleaning products. She had a whole cup of cleaning products. So, you know, uh, so you know what is too much and you will be able to see. And it depends on what you say, what you wear. What do you wear on a daily basis? Do you wear dresses? Do you wear trousers on top? What's your thing? Um, now, oh God, it depends on what's happening, but I don't wear any corporate gear anymore. So I am usually in flats and something cotton because it's so humid out here. So whether it's t-shirt and jeans or Saturdays, I like to pull out my shorts Mm. and then, um, but normally some, you know, a summer dress or something presentable because I still need to see customers. Yeah. But casual, most likely. So now you, you, so, you know, you've settled there, you know what kind of clothing you're going to wear. So you will know that you can get rid of a lot of the clothes that don't apply to your life now. And that's a good way to start, you know, to just okay. start going through that kind of thing. And it was the same for me. When I gave up law and being a lawyer, I didn't need to wear the clothes that I was wearing before. But I needed to be smart because I went to networking events. Mm-hmm. So I have two elements of clothes. I have the clothes for, you know, smart networking, going for meetings. But I have a standard uniform, which helps, which is very helpful. And I made sure I had that. So I have jeans um cheap jeans and a dichotomy top which is what i wear as my uniform and one of my flip-flops because that's the easiest thing to wear uh, so i have a whole i have a collection of different colors to keep me happy but that's my uniform but and then i have bits and pieces for the weekend for me is wearing jeans and a t-shirt so i have a lot of t-shirts but other people might be more comfortable in dresses so it just depends on your lifestyle and what you do a lot like some people are gym people so they have a lot of gym gear yes i have not so much because i don't like the gym so it's what's suitable for your life so you can't say how many should i have of each one it's what your lifestyle is and what you know some people go to the gym once a week some go every day every day yes more tops and you know bottoms as well so um it 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 just depends on your lifestyle Um, so think about it in that way all right and is there in your um, day-to-day work, have you come across one item that people seem to all buy but have no business keeping it in their home? Uh, in Dubai, it's the, in Ikea, there's a cappuccino frother. Every, <laughs> every person has had that frother. Um, I think my brother, I found two of them in his house, which I was oh, a bit, and he was like, yeah, we use it. I was like, no, you don't. Um, <laughs> it's the most biggest waste of money ever. Um, yeah, there's that, there's that milk frother. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of candles and tea tree candles, you know, those t- not, uh, tea light candles. The tea light candles. Oh my God. I think I have 300 of them right now. I think, yes. I think I organized them for you like, when I was at your house last night. Yes. Uh, <laughs> they're still there they're still there 
Yeah, everybody has millions. Because you buy them in packs of hundreds, say, from the shops, yeah. but you, you're never going to use them. Like, you, you do it for a little bit. You're like, yay, I've got a lamp to put this candle. And yeah, you do it once and that's it. Mm-hmm. And they're the, the a massive waste of money. What else? Frames, photo frames. People buy lots of photo frames and never put photos in them. Uh, and it's very difficult to do it. In the UK now and in America, I've seen it's easy again that you can go with your phone, connect your phone to the machine, uh, yeah and get it printed immediately so it was amazing I did that in the UK uh, and I know you can do that in America but it's very difficult to do it here they're really painful about doing it here even though they could do it but they want to charge you a lot of money uh, yeah. so and I'm sure it must be the same in Ghana as well so it's it, yeah people seem to sort of, people are buying the frames and not making getting photos done and they're not going to print it from their printer at home because the printers are not great so mm-hmm. you know you buy that special paper and nobody ever prints at home on their printer so that's a waste of money as well um sorry i'm ranting about photos now <laughs> no no no, it's, no I, while, while you're talking about the photos i'm thinking about something that has changed since i moved from the states what in my apartment in the states i had a lot of artwork up and right. it states because we don't have concrete walls we use sheetrock it's easy to hang photos yeah and with concrete you need a drill and you need you know whatever and then in case you make a crack then you need to patch up the crack so now i've got boxes of artwork that haven't gone up purely because it's inconvenient to hang them i mean i i don't know what it's like in ghana but here because people travel so much Mm -hmm. uh, to these foreign countries and buy art and you know postcards and pictures and stuff that's me yeah and then they want to put it up and then they never put it up so there is a lot of that i find with clients that they've bought beautiful pieces of art and they never put it up and then it's it's just getting dusty and dirty or sticking together and it just getting destroyed so um there is a lot of that that's decluttered over time yeah ah no it always makes me sad because i really like my art but then i'm like these walls these walls are not my friends <laughs> I need to get order online some of that stuff to to put the stuff the pictures up. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. Now what? Now that you've been you've been decluttering for quite a while now. Do you look at people strangely? Do you, Do you think people are just odd? I'm just curious. This is me. No. Well, um, I always say I don't I don't judge people. Like I mean, obviously I get paid to organize people and declutter them, so I can't judge them because they're paying me. Um, so there's that but no no I don't uh, my friends including you uh, <laughs> are more worried about me coming to the house and judging them and trying to fix things um, isn't it like you know yeah. you, you, you used to get very antsy when I was in your house in Ghana even at home in Dubai you were very antsy with me well uh, you, you, were, you were fine downstairs but yes up, my, my room was always the war zone so <laughs> you never let me show it soon um, but but all friends do that. All close friends do that. All get fr- um, and it's been like that even before I became an organizer. That oh they wow, would, okay. I would organize stuff, and I would. I did do it for one friend. Every time I go to his house, it would be a bomb site. So he'd be gossiping and talking and having his dramas, and I'd be sitting there doing he, like his coffee table used to be a mountain of stuff, and I would sit there organizing his coffee table while I'm just listening to him talking. 
Um, he used to love it, so that's why I knew I was very good at organising. I, I used to organise his life, which he'd mess up all the time. People, I don't judge, but people judge me. <laughs> they think I'm gonna... <laughs> You're not paying me, so I'm not going to be organising stuff. <laughs> no, absolutely, and you, you shouldn't. You, you shouldn't be doing it for free because it is a lot of work. Friends, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I'm staying on, coming on holiday to visit. Well, I think we should schedule you one now. Like. <laughs> So, Shalina, it's been fantastic talking to you. Before I let you go, how can people find you? And even though you're based in Dubai, I'm pretty sure you have some amazing resources as well that people anywhere in the world could use. Um, so I'm on social media nearly everywhere except for TikTok, which I don't understand. Um, <laughs> if you just go to um, at Declutter Me, D-E-C-L-U-T-T-R-M-E, um, you'll be able to find me on on uh, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, and then the same um, decluttermy.com. Uh, so people can log in there, find out more information. I have blogs and podcasts so they can listen and uh, read blogs there. And yeah, that's it really. And I'm very happy to come back to Accra anytime uh, to help people to declutter and organize, especially after I've done your anniversary present. Yay! <laughs> We, we, we would love to have you back in Accra, that's for sure. Um, what do you call I'm Because, you know, Accra is a bit like Dubai in the sense that we have a pretty big expat community that are always moving in and out. Yeah. And I've and I've seen some folks selling some stuff where I was just like, did you really need to bring that? People do it all around. I mean, I talk about it even, you know, in my podcast and I, when I talk to people that, uh, you know, and, and there are zero expats out there in the world and they go travel around in containers of stuff which they don't mm-hmm. you know travel around with um and it's just it's it's, it's a big issue expats don't uh, you know fully grasp that they're, they're holding on to stuff just because they've moved from their home so they're making it this this is their home the container full of stuff but yeah. uh, they do carry around a lot of clutter so we happy to help that's well. to facilitate a trip then well Shalina thank you so much and um, we look forward to talking to you again especially if I can drum up some more awkward questions to ask you I will <laughs> thank you so much no you asked very good questions I've never been asked them before so I'll definitely have to be back on again <laughs> alright then take All care right. <laughs> Well, there you go, guys. Selena had a lot to teach us, and I, for one, I'm going to start with baby steps. Start going through some of those t-shirts and tights that, you know, I really don't need so many of. Anyways, thank you for listening, and uh, stay safe. Keep disinfecting your hands. Don't touch your faces as much. And I hope to uh, speak to y'all next week. Stay blessed, y'all. Bye. Thanks for joining me this week on Through AAA Eyes. Make sure to visit my website at throughaaaeyes.com or follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Through AAA Eyes. Through AAA Eyes was produced by AMBC. AMBC are specialists in beat and sound production. 
videography, photography, podcast and radio production, graphic design, and also animation. You can reach AMBC on email at africanmbc at gmail.com. You can also follow the AMBC on social media at AMBC service on Instagram.